this is Family Court Vision. The podcast where a woman and her son discuss all things basketball. On today's episode, we have WNBA news. We have Libs and former Libs making buckets. We have our movie, Above the Rim. Here's a quote, an actual quote from the movie. They can't erase what we were, man. And that's just an example of the, the style of this movie. <laughs> our game at the end, does mom rock the game? Does mom rock the predictions? Stick around and see. And most importantly, although it's not at the end, NBA news, does the Space Jam curse absolve LeBron's struggles in the offseason, in, in the postseason, and allow Jack to love him again? I will always love you, LeBron. And uh very sad, very sad episode today. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Let's boogie. Welcome to episode 23 of Family Court Vision. It is 547 on Friday, June 4th. How are you, Jack? Not not great, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, Thursday, June 3rd was a bad day for you, huh? It was. But I would say mostly Tuesday, June 1st, I guess that would be, was a, was a worse day. Because that was the day it all came crumbling down and Thursday was more inevitable. Um, but it's fitting that this is episode 23, um, as it is our first episode ever in which LeBron James is no longer... The best player in the NBA. Who's the best player now? We'll find out at the end of this season. Um, the Steph Curry's out, right? Steph Curry's out, and that title to me is earned in the postseason. Oh, okay. LeBron James just earned his loss of it. I'm hoping that it'll end up going to somebody like Luka Doncic or Giannis Antetokounmpo. Kunpo. Mm-hmm. Um, Because that means that they will be in the finals or winning the finals. Um, But we'll see. Did they announce any more of those superlatives yet? Um, I don't believe they did. The players um, did vote on something like best teammate or something, a player vote. Um, Oh, that's nice. Damian Lillard won that. Um, But I don't don't think any of the press awards have been announced Mm -hmm. since last time. Um, so I do just I, I do feel the need to speak. Well, you tell me what's new in your life first, and then I'll uh, be all depressing about LeBron. Okay. Um, so um, I I saw you this weekend. We went to a museum that will not be named here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because I was so disappointed in this museum. So... We, you know, we had a day that we were both off available to see each other. We could meet up in the midpoint in New York City. And that's what we did um, through out through my public library. I can get passes to um, museums and other places. So I got um, us passes and we went with your sister and her boyfriend. The four of us went to this unnamed museum. Yes. Um, which I had been to about 35 years ago or something like that um didn't really remember it but it was a complete disappointment it was there were like four rooms that maybe had art in it Mm -hmm. 
Um, and and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it any further than that. But it was it was a severe disappointment for me. And tickets would have been twenty five dollars each if I didn't have those passes. So I'm really glad that I did not pay a hundred dollars for the four of us to go and see this museum. That just made me pretty cranky. But the rest of the day was very nice. We had some very delicious pizza. Yep. Yep. Did you like that pizza too? I did like that pizza. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we went to, I think we can say it because we're talking about it positively. Yes. Uh, we went to Marinara Pizza, Marinara's Pizza, mm-hmm. um, uh, which was very good. Uh, we also uh, took some time to walk around Central Park. Uh, the next day I woke up and was incredibly sore from well, walking you, too much. You walked, right. You walked from the Port Authority which is like at 40th, maybe you walked almost 50 blocks plus uh, some, cause you walked across, right? Like yeah. you walked up I, 50, but you also walked across. And then we walked a, a mile and a half around the reservoir in central park. Yeah. Yeah. I did the math. I think it was 55 blocks on my walk oh. all around the mile and a half reservoir and then more walking to find a bathroom. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, but yeah. I gave I gave you a ride back to your apartment so you didn't have to walk back to Port Authority. Yes. So that was good. That was good. Yes, thank you. Got all my steps in, so that was good. Also, the um, the other thing I'll hit on quickly is that um, a very good friend of mine turned fifty, and her dream for many years has been to do what is known as drinking around the world, which is something that people adult people do in Epcot where they go to the different worlds in Epcot and they get a drink from each world because uh, Disney is also 50 years old. I don't know if it's Epcot or if it's the whole Disney, whatever it is. It's not, you know, this was why this is her dream because she and Disney were turning 50. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because of this pandemic, she was not able to do that. So uh, some friends got together and we gave her um, a drinking around Epcot birthday party right here in our own hometown. And that was fun. And, and it was fun. And lots of eating also around the world. So it was a lot of fun. And and she was happy. So that was good. 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 Okay, go ahead. I I think I'm actually just going to, I'll save it for news because it's it's more about news. But we'll, we'll that'll be the last series that we talk about. Um, so as we get into that, let's start with our basketball news of the week. We'll do our quick playoff check-in. Of course, the NBA playoffs are ongoing. Um, a bunch of series have ended since the last time we spoke. Um, the Bucks swept the Heat, so they are moving on to the next round. The Nets uh, gentlemen swept the um, Boston Celtics, meaning they uh, did it in five games. Um, and so the two of them will be playing each other, the Nets versus the Bucks in the never, second round. I never heard of that term before. A gentleman's sweep, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the origins of that are, but the, it's a, you know, win in five games. You only lose one. Um, yeah. The 76ers gentlemen swept the uh, Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like uh, Joel Embiid is not healthy. He had to actually sit out that last game that they yeah. did win without him. Um, but we're hoping that that doesn't affect him going forward into the next uh, playoff series um, against the Hawks, who beat the Knicks in a gentleman's sweep, I believe. Yeah, five games, yeah. 
Um, that got uh, pretty tense. There was some uh, a lot of trash yeah. talk going yeah. back and forth. So the Knicks are out. Our our beloved Knicks are out of the playoffs. But made it much farther than almost anybody other than me thought that they would. That is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And once again, hopefully for the last, well, not for the last time, because we'll get to something else. You were right and I was wrong. Um, so, yes, congratulations. It won't, be, it won't be the last time, Jack. Even though I, I don't know anything about basketball, my, my life's worth of wisdom is guiding me. Yes, that's right. So all of the East second round matchups are set, as I said, Bucks, Nets, Sixers, Hawks. Um, and those are uh, set to get started, I believe, this weekend, which is very exciting. Um, and then the Jazz gentlemen swept the Grizzlies in five games. They're moving on to the next round in the West. Uh, so if this happens in the in the WNBA, are they going to call it a, a lady sweep? I, I maybe. I again, I have to look up the the origins of where okay. that comes from. But all right, that's your homework for next time. Yes. Uh, Nuggets Blazers played a great six-game series that just ended last night. Uh, you had Jokic and Dame just going at it. Uh, Dame had a, a incredible fifty-point game uh, a few days er- earlier in the week that unfortunately the Blazers lost that game. But he is just that was was that game five when he like had that giant throw. Yeah, game five. Yeah, game five. Yeah, hit the hit a big shot to send it to double overtime. I think. Mm. he's he, crazy. he's incredible he's he's such mm-hmm. a fun player to watch and the definition of clutch um, but meanwhile he just posted that he's questioning he kind of cryptically posted that he's questioning whether to stay with this team did he i didn't he see did. this he did he posted a quote on his instagram um i think it was a nipsey hustle quote does is that is that something that makes sense yeah yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the, NBA and it was guys. something about like, how long do I hang in when opportunity doesn't equal preparation or something like that? Yeah. So, At that, I mean, that's been the story of his career. He every year turns out these incredible performances, and every year his team does not, you know, does not make it to the finals. So Dame is Dame is known around the league as one of the most loyal guys in the whole league, but this may be the, the kind of thing to push him out. Now he just did sign a big extension with the team. So if he if he did want out, it would have to be via trade. He he can't go sign anywhere else. Um so yeah, we'll see. Uh but the Nuggets uh took took care of that series in uh game six just last night, so they are moving on to face um the Suns disposed of my beloved Lakers in six games just last night. Um, congratulations to the Suns. I'm happy for Chris Paul. I hope Chris Paul, I hope the Suns win it all because I, I really would love to see Chris Paul win a championship. Mm-hmm. And Devin Booker is an emerging superstar. But it is over. A long, long era is over. Mm-hmm. LeBron James has been the best player in the league for over a decade now. For a decade, a healthy LeBron James on your team meant an automatic trip to the finals, whether it's the East or the West. Doesn't matter who his teammates are. Doesn't matter who he's facing. Doesn't matter what adversity. A healthy LeBron James on your team means that you go to the finals. And the best player in the NBA cannot lose in the first round, meaning Mm -hmm. that LeBron James is no longer the best player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. 
What and if I, he comes back next year? Like, what if he comes back and he's solid and he's good again? He could be solid and good again. I personally don't foresee a world where LeBron James can be the best player on a championship winning team. Can he be the second best player on a championship winning team? Yes. Can he be the best player on a good playoff team? Yes. All right. But if the Lakers are going to be winning more championships, it is going to have to be with Anthony Davis as the best player and not with LeBron James. Or if they get Steph Curry to come in. Yes, that's right. That is that is true. Steph Curry is a rock star. Or Dame Lillard, maybe. We'll see. Or Dame Lillard. Um and that is that is not to take like there are a lot of people, a lot of people who are who have been waiting for years and years and years for this moment to happen because there are so 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 many haters of LeBron James out there Mm -hmm. and so many people saying this tarnishes his legacy and this is an embarrassing first round exit and 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 whatever and that is just not the case LeBron James is a made man his legacy is set if he retires today he is at minimum a top three greatest player of all time in my mind first and in many other smart people like me Who's the other, other one? Um, People say it's Kobe, but it's not Kobe. It it would be Michael, LeBron, and Kareem. Hmm. Um, Kareem has a similar argument to LeBron in that Kareem, his peak wasn't as high as Michael's, but just his longevity. He set all these crazy scoring records. He's the all-time leading scorer. He has six championships, six MVPs. Uh, You know, he's just an all-time, all-timer. Mm-hmm. So LeBron James, his legacy is set. This this does not take away from that. Anything that happens from here on does not take away from that. But it is a sad day because this was a, this was a decade of dominance in the league, and that is over in my mind. I reserve the right to jump back on that train because I have put in the t- <laughs> I have put in the time. If we find out that oh you know his ankle wasn't all the way healed or he you know it was a short off season and he just couldn't get his body right whatever it is and he comes out next year and he looks so, amazing again I reserve so, every right to jump right back on that train. Are you still a fan of LeBron? Of course, of course. And you wouldn't walk away from him. Never, ever, ever, ever. And like I will continue Spike, to root like for him. Spike Lee, Spike Lee started to walk away, go down the tunnel, and leave right before the game was done. No, no, I, I, I am. I am with LeBron through and through, and I will be excited to see him continue to try to compete with Anthony Davis. I'm excited to see him continue to break records. Um, Do you think AD is going to be okay next year? AD will never be okay. AD is constantly hurt at all times. If the Lakers are going to win, it's just going to be, are we lucky enough to get AD healthy for two straight months? Wow. If not, then no. If yes, then we'll see. Mm -hmm. But... um, but it's a it, it it's a it's a it's a bittersweet day for me because it, obviously I'm upset about what happened and it's it, it, you know if what I'm saying is true that is a very sad thing that we will never again see peak LeBron James, but it's also a, a a sweet thing for me of looking back and being so grateful that for the last ten years I've been able to watch this and witness this and you know even be a part of it in some small way. Mm-hmm. I'm just very grateful that I, I got to do this. So thank you, LeBron. You There will never be another athlete in my mind like this for me. And mm-hmm. so, you know, mm-hmm. if we learned anything from what happened with Kobe Bryant last year, it's that we need to give these people their flowers 
earlier than we think that we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so LeBron James is going to be playing for at least another few years. And his Hall of Fame speech will be a time when people can give him his flowers and whatever else he does after that. But I think it's important that we recognize these things earlier than we think that we need to. Mm -hmm. So that's that. We're going to move on to the rest of the NBA playoffs. You're ready? Are you sure? I'm not, but I'm going to have to be. Okay, you're going to power through it. Yes. Hardcore Suns, Mavericks, Bucks fan right now. If the okay. Nets win, which I think that they will, I don't know if I'm going to be able to emotionally handle it. But Wow. Um, okay. Celtics had a big shakeup. Big shakeup. Big. Danny Ainge, who... Dan- go ahead. You go ahead. I've been talking Dan- for like five straight minutes. You go ahead. Danny Ainge, who was the uh, president of basketball, basketball operations, operations. Okay. Cause I'm like president of basketball. Duh. What else would he be president of? He's on a basketball team. So, okay. <laughs> president of basketball operations suddenly retired. Yeah. He was like, boom, that's it. I'm done out. And suddenly without even any pretense of looking around for people who might be more diverse than the people who are currently in the management took coach Brad Stevens and promoted him to be the, the president of baseball, basketball. Oh, darn it. So president close. of basketball. <laughs> yeah. So now who's going to be the new coach? Yeah. I so- mean, they blew, they blew it by not doing any kind of interview process for that. Uh-huh. I understand. I have worked for almost 20 years at my job in my, and I worked for 10 other years at a number of other jobs before that. But at this current actual place that I work, I've worked here for 20 years. So I know if I'm working with someone and a job opens up, this person would be a great fit because I've been working for, with them and I, I know they'd be a great fit. And that's often what happens as well. But that's another thing, you know, um, just to divert for a second. Uh, I work in a school district. The school district where I work is Long Island is overwhelmingly segregated. So places are um, not completely white, but places are heavily white. And my school district is. Um, And that includes in the staff. So we do have a a number of students who um, are from a number of diverse backgrounds, but we don't have a lot of staff who are. And people will say, well, listen, we put the ad out. Nobody came to to apply. But you know what happens in a school is, and this actually just occurred to, I mean, this occurred to me a while ago, but it really goes in play for me just the other day. I went for lunch to Chipotle near my work. And while I went, when I went to Chipotle, the girl who was the cashier was wearing a, a Temple University mask. So I said, oh, you go to Temple. My son goes to Temple. And she said, oh, he does. What year is he? We had a little conversation. And she said, "And she said, what's his major? I said, music theater. And she said, oh, I'm a speech pathology major. And I said, that's so funny because I'm a speech pathologist. And she said, really? Like in a school? And I said, yeah. And she said, Do, could I shadow you? Because I need to get hours of like observing people. And I said, well, actually, I'm not working with many students so you couldn't get many hours with me this year i'm chairing committees but um you know i i will i will find someone for you to shadow i'm in the such and such department if you just call there i i will you know i will help you um so what occurs to you to and and this woman um was a person of color 
this this cashier. So what occurs to me at that moment is that what often happens is that when people want to shadow or student teach, it's because they know someone who works there or they want to get a job, it's because they know someone who works there. So if everyone who works there is a white person and doesn't and lives on Long Island where life is very often segregated, you don't have a diverse crowd you're running with. So you don't have people who you can boost like this girl needs a boost to try and get her foot in the door of a school district. And I think that's probably what happens in coaching as well, is that because there are so many management and office people who are not people of a variety of cultures at this point, you know who you're working with, you know who's going to do a good job and you boost them. So I'm not, I'm 100% not saying that we need to just put a bunch of people of color in lower level management jobs because that is not the answer. But we need more people within the jobs where they can show what they can do so they can get those promotions. And women as well, women and and people of color. Yeah. Uh, for, For as great as sports are for the athletes in terms of the best players get the opportunities, no matter, well, almost no matter what, you know, people like Colin Kaepernick, are you know are exceptions to that rule but a lebron james who grew up you know in a poor single parent household can become the greatest player of all time Mm -hmm. purely based on his skill and his uh you know iq and that sort of thing as much as that is that way in sports coaching and management is quite the opposite in terms Mm -hmm. of nepotism and um Mm -hmm. so and you you do in a rational way, understand where that comes from. It doesn't make it right to rationally understand where it comes from, but you can see what sets that, how that is set up to happen. Right. And much like, you know, much like Steve Nash is doing a great job with the Nets this year, and they are looking like the favorite to win the whole thing. And he's, you know, I would assume some of that is coaching. A lot of that is the players, but there did not, there was not, opportunity for more qualified people in that situation just like with this brad stevens i know is a very smart person i don't know what kind of experience he has in terms of gm and personnel and that sort of stuff he might do an incredible job maybe they go on a crazy run and they win a bunch of championships in a row and you know great but this is a person who does not have professional uh, management experience who just is stepping into this role. Now he is in charge of finding his own replacement for the coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's been some names thrown out there, such as Jason yep. Kidd, Chauncey Billups. Um, I, I'm not sure if this was a actual, a real rumor, like with sources or if people are just making suggestions, but I agree with this one, Becky Hammond. Um, so it's, so uh, it's rumor because people think that it's time for her to shine. But apparently in April, Brad Stevens said some very positive things about her and her coaching and her ability to be a head coach. So this was prior, you know, a couple of months ago. So it's not that he was saying that right now, like as a hint to say they would go with her. But he did say some very favorable things about her just a couple of months ago. So that helps fuel people thinking that. So, yeah. So, so what do you think in terms of coaching? Well, I, I read a bunch of articles. So I... Um, saw some names repeated over and over. So apparently from the Celtics organization, Jay Laranaga and Pooh Allen have both already been interviewed for the job. Oh, okay. So they're inside the organization. They've been interviewed. Lloyd Pierce is another name that is being um, 
batted around. He was fired in March from the Atlanta Hawks. Uh-huh. Um, so he's he's a strong candidate. Sam Cassell, Castle, he's a 76ers assistant. Cassell, yeah. Has I think he has a history with the Celtics. That's also a name. And then another woman, Kara Lawson, who was an assistant coach from in the 1920-2019-2020 season, um, and who some commentators have said, you know. I hear what they're saying. I hate that they felt like they had to say it this way, but they said, you know, she's not just a good coach for a woman. She's just a good coach, period. You know, within five minutes of watching her, you, you're blown away by how amazing she is. So I'm not going to be mad at them for saying that because I know where they're coming from, but I hate that something like that has to be said. Yeah. Uh-huh. But those are those are some of the people that I heard. I don't... Do you think Boston is ready for a woman? You mean based on sort of what we talked about last week in the fan base? Yeah, because Boston, you know, they're kind of rough there. Well, the 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 scary thing about any barrier being broken is that that person is not allowed to fail. That's right. You know? That's so, right. you know, Jackie Robinson, if he failed, we wouldn't have a black baseball player for years and years and years after that. If he, if you know, if he didn't if if he wasn't great so that's the that's the i mean it needs to happen of course obviously but that's this that's the unfortunate thing is that that person is not allowed to fail they have to be great in order to open that door up for other people now the celtics have not been great in recent years right they've been i would say they've been good but disappointing yes okay yes so uh, i i do like the idea of a woman head coach going there because that is not a that's not a bad job where a lot of you know a lot of new black head coaches get the teams that are tanking and that are going to be last in the league that's the opportunities they get where a steve nash gets to go coach you know right. two mvps right so i would i like that i you know who knows what's going to happen but if yeah. that were to happen i like that opportunity as the as the barrier breaking because they they have great young stars they've made the playoffs a couple of times they that, that's a good opportunity for a coach mm-hmm. so we'll see something to keep yeah. our eye on and then we have just these idiot asshole dangerous fans mm-hmm. all over nba arenas apparently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not everywhere it's not a problem in one city it's everywhere mm-hmm. so we have and, and a variety of bad behaviors, too. Yes. I don't know. It's been so much, so I don't even remember what came first. But um, in Philly, Russell Westbrook got popcorn dumped on him as he was yeah. leaving the court. Ridiculous. Um, then in that same series, but in Washington, a fan tried to charge the court. It yeah. didn't look like he was attempting anything dangerous. It looked like he was doing it more for attention, but still could be very dangerous for the players and anybody else near the floor. Mm-hmm. Um Someone in at MSG spit at Trey Young, which of course is a disgusting, disrespectful, just terrible thing in any time, let alone yeah. during the worst pandemic that we've seen in over a hundred years. Right. So disgusting. Um, there were apparently, surprise, surprise, jazz fans saying derogatory things about John Morant and his family. Mm-hmm. To his family. To his yes, to his family. Yeah. Threatening things. Yeah. And then what I would argue is is the worst of them all, the fan in Boston throwing a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. And it hit Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. 
there's been some like jokes and stuff out there about like, oh, you know, after this year that everybody's been in quarantine, people forgot how to act and they don't, you know, they don't, they're, we're learning how to be adults again. No, it is blatant disrespect and racism and expecting of these players to purely be out there for your entertainment purposes and then you can treat them however you want. And there's people out there saying like, it's popcorn. Like, what's it going to do? Like, do, do people come and throw popcorn at you while you're at your job? No? Right. Oh, okay. Great. Just wanted to check in on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, disgusting. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Disgusting. No, just disgusting. But but the good piece of this is that every one of those arenas has banned those fans from returning. Yeah. So that's that's a good response. I wish we didn't have to have any response at all, as if that didn't these things didn't happen. But the response is positive that a stand is being taken. And one of them, let me see where, um, I think maybe the, one of them is the season ticket holder. I can't remember who. I thought I wrote it down. But one of these fans that got banned is a season ticket holder. And, and that did not dissuade the team and the arena from banning them. So that is a good thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, oh my God, people. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else NBA? Yeah. Space Jam. What about it? Do you not see that written right there on the list of things we're going to talk about? What I do, we make our script for the thing. Surprise, surprise. Usually on the day of recording. Um, and then what I do is I copy and paste that into my own separate doc that I write my own notes on. So if you okay. add something to that after I already paste my own All doc, right. then I miss it. Well, according to a Reddit user, there is a Space Jam, what's it called? The New Legacy? The Legacy? What's uh, it called? A, I think A New Legacy. Yeah. There is a Space Jam, A New Legacy curse. And there's something to this. So the curse, everybody except one of the players, the actual basketball players, who is in Space Jam New Legacy, is not playing baseball, basketball, right? Why do I keep saying baseball tonight? Is not playing, there is a baseball player in this movie, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, is not playing basketball right now for a variety of reasons. So obviously LeBron, AD, and Kyle Kuzma are all on the Lakers. They've been eliminated. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green on the Warriors, eliminated. And injured oh. for Clay Thompson, yeah. Damian Lillard, Trailblazers, out. The uh, the only MNBA player left is Chris Paul. So we got to take care of him and make sure he stays healthy and stays in the game because there are also three WNBA players in this movie who are all out right now with injuries. Diana Taurasi. Uh-huh. Naka Okwumake is out for four to six weeks. And her sister is a week to week. So there's a Space Jam curse. That's not good. No. But. But Paul, somebody's got to protect Chris Paul. But you know what? What? You just gave me ammo to use uh, for um, excuses that I can make for LeBron. Okay. We're (laughs) back, baby. We're back. (laughs) Everything I said, I take it back. Um, he's fine. Once we get past this summer, the movie's out. LeBron's back to old LeBron. He said he's not going to play in the Olympics because he's too busy with Space Jam. Yeah, I mean, he was sort of joking about that, but 
as a 36-year-old, 18 years in, played the most playoff minutes in NBA history, who had the, just had the shortest offseason ever and has been to nine of the last 10 finals, I understand needing to take a summer off. And he's already won, I think, three gold medals. He's had that Olympic experience. I think he's fine. Um, but it was funny in, in his, he said, yeah. you know, he was like, I didn't have much luck against the sun, so I'll try my luck against the, the Monstars or the Goon Squad, I think is what they're called in this new movie. Um, so that's fun. Okay, WNBA. WNBA. Uh, Clarendon. Alicia Clarendon officially signed with the Lynx and played their first game with the Lynx. Uh, maybe two games now at this point. Um, and played very well in that first game. I think they were like the second leading scorer for the for the Lynx team in a win. Um, so already making a big impact on that team. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's lots of um, Liberty or former Liberty news because that's like who I follow and who I know. So, you know, we'll get the, the blatant stuff out of the way. Michaela Anyanwede, Rookie of the Month. Walt Hopkins, Coach of the Month. That's your pick. That's my pick for, for Coach of the Year. Uh-huh. Um, now, the, I think they both owe their awards to the hot start that the Liberty got out to. Obviously, Walt does, but Michaela Onyanwede has been awesome. She had, a, I think, a 29-point yeah. game, I think, um, in a loss against... Now I can't remember. Um, but she's... Well, I think she started every game, right? Yeah, which I was... She's good. I was, like, surprised, but I think we talked about after the after the first couple of games, like, there's been no, like, nervousness or, like, rookie mistakes, really. Like, she just looks confident out there. She mm-hmm. knows that she belongs there, and She's right now looking like the rookie of the year. So, mm-hmm. um, Kia Nurse, who used to be with the Liberty and now is with a team that I can't remember, hit a huge buzzer beater. Uh, it was three pointer. Yeah. Phoenix Mercury to beat the Chicago Sky. Really impressive. Crazy I shot. I watched that one over and over again. That was awesome. That was like, pr- that was pretty much like a half court shot. That was like was, way behind the three point line. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. far. And then Joyner Holmes, who in an earlier episode, I mentioned that she was uh, she had signed a training camp contract with the Liberty this year, which disappointed me because she she had some good stats. She's inconsistent, but she did have some nice stats and I enjoyed watching her. And I, and then she got cut um, from that training camp contract, which disappointed me. But she is now with. Um, who is she with? Ace with the Aces. Oh, so she's she's playing with the aces. She had a phenomenal game. But what I wanted to bring up here is in this interview where she was asked about, like, how is it here playing with the aces? Here's the the shade quote that she that she threw. I was really anxious to get out here, but I don't think it really hit me until today, actually stepping on the court and playing with them. It's a whole different atmosphere from where I'm coming from. I'm already loving it. The girls are super nice. The coaching staff is great. I'm just ready to excel and be better in this program. Throw it a little bit of shade. To be fair, I'm sure being a player for the Liberty last season was not the most fun basketball experience that anybody could ever have. (laughs) But still. So, um, yeah. Uh, So I'm just happy. I'm happy that she's playing again. That's good. Um, we also had the Seattle Storm uh, sudden sort of unexpected coaching change. 
uh, Dan Hughes, who was the coach for a few years uh, with the team, suddenly retired in the middle of the season. Um, and Noel Quinn, who's been an assistant with them for a couple of years now and uh, is a 12-year WNBA vet, is stepping into that uh, role. So Dan Hughes, um, he's had some health issues over the past couple of years. He had to miss the... Think, yeah, he missed last year. Yeah, he wasn't in the wobble last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a two-time coach of the year. He's been coaching in the league in some capacity since 1999 um, mm-hmm. and has had some success uh, with the Storm and with other teams. So, um, you know, we wish him well in retirement. Noel Quinn is... Um, only, I believe this is the stat I saw, only the eighth black woman to be a WNBA head coach or the eighth black mm-hmm. woman who is a former player to become a WNBA head coach in the league, um, which is surprising. I mean, you would think that more players would become head coaches. That's usually how it works in sports. Um, so um, we'll see. Again, a woman getting a good opportunity. This team is the defending champs. They're off to a hot start again this season. So, you know, that it's not like she's going to coach the fever, no offense, the fever. Um, you know, she's she's getting a a, a, a real coaching opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that is that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Um okay. And the Commissioner's Cup is underway. They've, you know, they've designated certain games in this first half of the season to be commissioner's cup games. Um, so it's underway. There have been about four, approximately four games per team have been played so far and right now in the west the storm is crushing it storm's got like four wins no losses and then aces mercury and wings each have like two and two or you know things like that um in the east the sun um is in first place but right behind them the liberty and the dream which are both um surprising this year so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's i think for that it's the the games that count are the first games that you play against each team in each of your home arenas so like ah. if, if i was the liberty like the first game that the dream are here and we play in atlanta those are the two games that count and then for all the rest of the 11 teams oh yeah i was wondering how that was working because i was like certain matchups aren't going to be fair to certain teams based on you know their regular standings so i was wondering how those were chosen that makes sense i like that yeah um, and then, yeah, and then I, whatever the top teams are at the end of when everybody's played all those games, um, play in that commissioner's cup. Um, okay. Any other news? Mm-mm. Okay. Let's move on to our second segment of the day, which is our movie review of above the rim. Above the rim in 1994. Um, I was going to say basketball movie again, duh. That's all we talk about here. Um, with Tupac Shakur. Yes. Wait, wait, what, what year did you say it was? 94. 94, okay. Um, uh, Tupac was um, killed in 96. Uh-huh. Um, Bernie Mac was in this, and Bernie Mac also has since passed. Mm-hmm. And Marlon Wayans was in this as well. Yes, that's right. And someone named Bugaloo. Bugaloo, yes. Uh, so this was the story that centered around a high school basketball player, point guard, unsurprisingly, as many of our um, basketball movies do, um, named Kyle, um, and um, sort of follows him and the people around him through his senior year, playing in the high school basketball and in the streetball tournament, um, and the different figures around him and their influence and um 
that sort of thing. So right, this this movie is considered the third in a trilogy, um, written by screenwriter Barry Michael Cooper. It's called the Harlem Trilogy, and the others are New Jack City and Sugar Hill. Uh huh. So this is kind of a uh, you know a three part storytelling um, about Harlem. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. What did you um, What did you think of this movie? Um, I did not love it. Okay. And thinking about why afterwards, one of the main reasons is the same reason that I don't like The Great Gatsby, which is that there is no one in this movie who is appealing. And and I say appealing as opposed to likable because... You don't have to be a likable character in order to be an appealing character. Like in the Harry Potter series, Voldemort is a very bad character, but he's very appealing. Yes. Um, You want to watch him. You care about what happens. I did not honestly care about anybody in this movie and what happened to them. So that was a big problem for me. Um, You know, the Kyle, Kyle and his buddies were just a couple little assholes. You know, like yeah. pee, peeing on property, peeing on people, beating people up, like just really. And it wasn't a redemption story, I don't think. It, it was a little bit, but it wasn't. Tr- that's not the purpose of this movie. It wasn't a redemption. And I don't think it was meant to be. And I'm not saying it had to be. But I think that when you have the main character be such an unlikable little jerk, there has to be some other reason to want to watch this. So if he's going to be so unlikable, chances are it's going to be a redemption story. I mean, towards the end, you know, he and I think he and um, Shep, Shep. Shep saying? Yeah, Shep. Uh-huh. The, the security guard who I think ended up dating his mom or something. Right. Yeah. Yep. He and Shep kind of had like a learning moment where he kind of had a learning opportunity that he took and he got a little bit of a better per- to be a little bit of a pe- better person right at the end. Uh-huh. But it's not like that's what his journey was. Yeah. So I I did not. I did the initial scene as I was watching it. It was that rooftop basketball scene. Yeah. And it was kind of surreal. And I was like, whoa, this feels like a dream. And then it was a dream. So so they did a good job of like, you know, I didn't know it was a dream. So it's not like it was so blatant that it was, you know, it's not like a T-Rex was playing basketball or whatever. Like, but it was it was clearly so surreal that it, I think that they did a good job with that scene in, you know, directing it and making a feel for it. So there uh-huh. were good things about the movie, but overall I, I will say that I didn't like it. How about you? Yeah. I, um, I liken this movie in relation to other movies, how I view opera in relation to theater um, in that I, um, it felt like a heightened sort of, story and acting like it was a little removed from realism there were a lot of the way that it was filmed and acted it was a little like a little over exaggerated a lot mm-hmm. um which i sort of liked because it it wasn't just you know a realism movie in my mind um it was a little something different but i don't think it was pulled off very well i also had while kyle is our main character sort of the I would argue that the main like 
story that you're focusing on is the Shep angle to this. Um, and I had a lot of problems with the Shep character and the Shep angle, which I think makes for a problematic movie. Shep, so he, he's having this dream about something that really did happen. He lost a childhood friend to like a freak accident that he was sort of involved with, but like obviously wasn't his fault. Right. Um, but then the rest of the movie, he's like this like bitter, angry guy I just, I, I don't know. I didn't see where there was an appeal for Kyle's mom to be interested in no. him at all. Like he was just a no. bland, like closed off, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't really show any emotion at any point. And I get, I understand there being grief and bitterness for losing your friend at a young age. I understand how that trauma can stay with you into your adulthood. But the whole thing, the whole like idea was like, Shep, you need to go save Kyle from becoming like you or becoming like your friend did. Mm -hmm. And to me, those are just two separate things. Like Shep, he was a great high school basketball player. And then he like didn't have the drive or something to continue pursue it because he lost his friend. Sure. In a freak accident. Right. You can understand that. Right. In a freak accident. But the whole thing that he's supposed to be like saving Kyle from is like getting involved with the wrong sort of people and street violence and drugs and money and that sort of thing. Like that's just a separate thing. Like that's not what Shep did. That wasn't Shep's life. So why is he the one that's tasked with trying to save Kyle from becoming him? Cause that's just two different things. Um, I also felt like, so Shep and also um, Bernie Mac's character. I don't flip. know what his name flip right so shep and flip both they knew each other yeah and they there's backstory that they went to this same high school mm -hmm. so they live in this neighborhood and i i don't know everyone in our neighborhood but but kyle is a kid kyle and bugaloo are kids growing up in this neighborhood and they didn't know them or have any idea who they were at all. And like I said, not that you'd know everyone, but especially like Flip. Like Flip is kind of the like drinking homeless guy who's in the neighborhood. But it, you know, they didn't seem to have any kind of a wit. It almost felt like when they had an interaction with him, they just bumped into him for the first time and decided to be nasty to him. Not like this is the longstanding heavy drinking homeless guy in our neighborhood that everyone's familiar with. And I'm going to still bully him. Like, it just felt like they just happened upon him. So it just felt, it didn't feel like there was thought put into that, that I feel like you'd have like some knowledge of people who especially have the same interest as you in your neighborhood. Because as we've seen in movie after movie, street ball is a big thing Yeah. in, in all of these settings. You know, not that, you have to be like the legend of uncle drew or whatever, but like, you know, that's, that was another issue that I had. Yeah. Um, anything else before we get into most and least favorite? Um, I feel like there was something. I can't remember. Um, uh, Kyle was in white men can't jump. Oh, I, I don't, I don't remember who he was, but he was in it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Basketball movie legend. Yes. Um, so there, I can't remember. There was something, but I can't remember. Okay. 
Um, so my... Uh, oh, I remember it. Okay. Are we doing most and least favorite? Uh, yeah. If this wants... Okay, so I'll save, I'll save this for, for that. Go ahead. Okay. My most favorite was... Um, I did enjoy Marlon Wayans as Bugaloo in this. I thought that um, in contrast with Shep's just dark, stone-faced, non-emotion all the time, there was like that nice levity that was part of it, which I think got me through chunks of the movie. So mm -hmm. that's what I'll say about that. Uh, I, wow. I'll, I'll do my least favorite too. Um, my, my least favorite was... All of the what felt like unnecessary violence to me, I, I have I of course was not alive during this time. I was not involved with any drugs or street violence in New York at this time. So I, you know, I don't know if I have an accurate picture of that, but I feel like some of the violence was too much. It didn't. It, it wasn't realistic. Where the you know that guy in the car just sees those guys on the street and starts beating the crap out of them with a revolver, and they like murder flip for no reason because he like said one offhand comment at some point, and then Kyle, it, there's attempted murder on Kyle because he won a basketball game. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't see where all that came from. So on the one hand, I agree with you. But on the other hand, you know, Tupac was murdered two years later because he was, yes, it, there was involvement in, in gangs, the Bloods and the Crips. Yes, the, in West Coast gangs, yes. But a big reason he was murdered was rivalry with another rap star, Biggie, who was also then murdered shortly after that. So there was this like rivalry among rap East Coast, West Coast rap people calling each other out in their in their performances, just really hating each other and being nasty to each other, and also aligning themselves with known gangs that then led to the murders of these two people. So you know that to me that doesn't seem real to me. Like you, you know, Tupac Tupac's parents were Black Panthers, and so they were very um, involved in activism, and and there was you know what some might consider um, need, needful violence to, to wake people up and, and make people see their side. But there was violence involved in that. Um, I read that maybe a month before he was born, his mother was on trial for like firebombing a whole department store. She was not found guilty, but you know, that this is a, this is an intense upbringing and everything, but still like rappers hated each other and ended up dead. So that's it. Just it just seems. Like but I think as I think as celebrity public figures, where a gang could make a statement by taking somebody like that out, mm -hmm. that seems more realistic to me than the characters somebody, in this story yeah. who were not that. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So my favorite part, like I mentioned, was the dream sequence at the beginning. I thought that was directed well, and interestingly, my least favorite was violence. But the violence I'm talking about is the violence that happened in the shootout, which was the tournament at the end. Oh, it's in the actual game. The shootout. Yeah. So it was a, 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 so I'm sure in pickup street games, there, there's probably lots of violence, you know, hanging out. It's not organized. You're like, 
with other people, you know, shit talking and, and pushing and can get violent actual bit basketball games get violent but this was like an organized tournament like the coach of the high school boys basketball team was one of the coaches of one of the teams so this was like a uh like i said an organized tournament and i'm not saying people wouldn't attempt to be violent in this but none of it was addressed yeah so people are beating the crap out of each other in this sanctioned tournament and Fouls were not even called, let alone taking someone out of the game for, like, literally, because at one point, Tupac was in charge of the other team and was not happy that Kyle was playing for the opposite team. He wanted him to play for his team to help them win. So he instructed his his players on his team to take down Kyle and then also to take down Shep. Um, so there was instruction to take. So this wasn't just, like, the heat of the game. This was, like, people actively trying to beat the crap out of each other and no repercussions in a in a sanctioned gang game. Well, according to Jordan fans, that's just how basketball was in the nineties. So, <laughs> um, I guess that's just how it was. Sorry to bring up your bitterness. Yeah. Well. Um, okay. Anything else on this movie? Oh well, we have to rate it. Yep. Um, okay, I gave this movie a five point five. I gave it a 4.5. Five on an average? Very good. Good job. Good job, math boy. All right. Uh, so that ties with He Got Game uh, on the list. Um, and what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching uh, one another one of those ESPN documentaries. It was made in 2010, and it's called Once Brothers. And it follows Vlade Divac and the late Drazen Petrovic. Vlade is from Serbia. Drazen was from Croatia. They played on the Yugoslavian national team together. And then the Yugoslav wars occurred and the Serbs and the Croats were on opposite sides of that war. Um, so that drove them and their, and their country, their federation of countries that were there, drove it apart. So this takes place after Petrovic had, dies. Um, so it focuses more on Divac, but has him traveling back and confronting old things so great so that'll be um very interesting so everybody watch that between now and then and let's move on to our last segment of the day which i didn't come up with fun name for so i'm just gonna call it weirdest reasons for missing games it's catchy um yeah so this isn't really themed. This is just something that we thought would be fun. There's really no like reason for this. Um, but this is, um, we're going to do one of those real or fake games. So I have a list of, I think, 10 or 11 weird reasons why a player would miss a game or two, something like that. Um, so these might be little freak injuries or reasons why they couldn't get to the arena or something. Um, and you're going to tell me whether you think that I'm making it up or whether that really happened. Okay. I, I have the players' names. I have the years for all of them. Um, now, I, I the, on some of you... some of the injuries, like I did want to make sure, like none of these are like career-ending injuries. None of these are even career-altering injuries because I, you know, that's not something to be funny about. Funny. But any, you know, these are the kind of things that like you, you miss less than a week of game time because of this. Mm-hmm. So, 
Were you going to say you'll something? Keep, you'll, keep, you'll keep track of how well I do? Yes, I should probably get something to write here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right. How many did you say they are? I think there are 11 total. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to predict that I'm going to get 9 correct. 9 correct? Yes. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. First one. In 1994, Derek Fisher was in college at Arkansas. Um and he um in a college bet was trying to prove that he could rip a phone book in half. And in doing so, he dislocated his shoulder, and he had to miss a game for that. Okay, I have a question before we before I answer this. Yeah, is this like two truths and a lie? You know how in two truths and a lie, you alter something minor, and then it's the lie. So you were like, he's in college in Arkansas. Is if this is false, is it because he was in college in California? No, or like it's act. Okay, you're not going to trick me like that. <sighs> oh, you might trick me like that. If there is a trick, it's big. It's not just like a word that I give you. Okay. okay. It's like a a, a more I, major yeah. thing. Yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Because when you were like, he's in, in this year, he's in this college, and I'm like, oh. No. No. Is no, he no, tricking no. me? No. 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 Okay. I'm gonna say that one's fake. Okay. Um. All right. Next one. Um. In 1990, Lionel Simmons, who was a rookie for the Sacramento Kings got tendonitis from playing his Game Boy too much and had to miss oh, a couple of true. games. That's true. You know what happened to me once when I tried um, virtual reality boxing? I, like, threw my elbow out. Because so, I had, like, the little eye thing on, and I was punching and punching and punching, like, really hard. And I, like, uh -huh. I didn't actually dislocate my elbow like you did in Spy Kids. Yeah. But I, but, like, it, it was in pain for a little while i i know that you can get caught up in the video game oh keith urban one time made my arm really sore there was some like that's right so, like we sports yeah. celebrity game where you had to like knock celebrities off of like a perch into the pool oh i thought it was like that log one like you had to balance on a log and knock someone off no it was the like you're all you're up on two perches above a, yeah. a pool and you have to knock somebody off and i was yeah. facing off against keith urban and i really hurt my arm on that too so mm. Um, understandable. So you feel it. Yes. Um, okay. Let's see what the next one is. Okay. In 1974, player Rick Adelman for the Kansas City Kings uh, was out for a couple of games. He had an eye infection and he couldn't blink. He couldn't close his eyes because of his eye infection. Ah. Uh, real. Um, next one. Um, in 1972, Bob McAdoo for the Buffalo Braves missed a game because uh, there were crickets in his hotel room the night before that kept him up all night, and he was exhausted. I'm going to say it's true. Because okay. <laughs> we, we get crickets in our basement, and those suckers are loud. Yes, yes, they are. Um, okay. 2012, Tim Duncan of the Spurs um, was listed out for a game. Um, they have to give a reason why they're out. He was listed as out for being old. For being old? Yes. When was this? 2012. 2012. Well, he was old in 2012. 
Um, I'm going to say true. Okay. Um, next one. Uh, 1993, Chris Webber, the best actor of all time. Um, preacher. Preacher, yes. Um, he was icing his knees and left an ice pack on his knee for too long and got frostbite for it. <laughs> fake. It's funny, but it's fake. <laughs> um, I did, when I was watching The Wubble, they did some like interest stories around that last year. Uh-huh. And after games, they would get into these like ice cold baths. Oh, I saw. And, oh, they did a little bit of this on the documentary, I think. Yeah, like yeah. they were out in the out in the driveway. They had a bunch of like big like bathtubs, and they had to, that alone. That's that's the really the only reason why I will never play professional basketball is because I do not ever need to get into cold water. That's right. That is that's right. That's it. That's the only thing holding me out. Yes, five foot tall, fifty year old woman. That is that is the reason. <laughs> um, never, never, ever been an athlete. Uh, okay, next one. 2014, Rajan Rondo of the Celtics uh, sat out of a game because it was his birthday. True. Okay, next one. Um, also in 2014, Samuel Dallambert Dallum, um, missed two games. He played for the Mavs, both because he overslept. That's embarrassing. Uh, true. Okay. Um, next one. Uh, 2016, J.R. Smith of the Cavaliers. They were in New Orleans playing the Pelicans during Mardi Gras. He missed the team bus, and his car bringing him to the arena got caught behind a Mardi Gras parade, mm. and so he mm. couldn't make it to the arena in time. I'm going to say yes, because I think that's too good of a story for you to make up. Okay. I don't think you have quite that level of storytelling skills. Okay. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) No offense. Uh, 2002, Derek Anderson, forgot to write down the team apparently, uh, missed two games for a toothache. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll say yes. Okay. See, that could be one of those that it's like he missed two games for like an earache instead of a toothache. That might be what it is. Well, we'll see. Um, and then the last one is 2014. Jermaine O'Neal of the Warriors um, missed a game against the Raptors of Toronto because he forgot his passport at home. Mm, yes. These are all, some of these are like things that you have nightmares about. You know, like if you're going to go on vacation, you like wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh my God, did I pack my, pack my passport? Yeah. That actually happened. You know, that happened to, to dad and me on our honeymoon. That you forgot your passport? You didn't go out of country on your... Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Right. So we had to... I don't think we had passports, but we had our birth certificates that we could get back into the... We could get out because we went on a Disney cruise to somewhere. Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Um and coming back, we had to have proof. And I think a birth certificate worked for that or social security card, whatever. And I forgot to bring mine. So I think grandma and grandpa had to go to our apartment, get it and FedEx it to our hotel. We were in we were in Disney for like three days and then on the cruise for three days. So they had to FedEx it to our hotel so I could get it in time or else I would have been 
trapped out of the country for my whole entire life. That wouldn't have been good. No. Um, okay, so that was the last one. What do you, do you want me to go through one by one and tell you what it is, and then we'll tell we'll figure First, out the score. First, tell again. me how many total. First, okay. tell me total. I believe you got eight right. <gasps> yeah. Um, wow. But double check me as I'm telling you what the answers are. Okay. Um, okay. Um, the Derek Fisher College missed a game because trying to rip a phone book in half. Um, that did happen in 1994, but to a baseball player named Steve Sparks. Ah. Not Derek Fisher. So that was. Uh, but you got that. You said that was fake. So you got that oh, one I right. I did say it was fake. I got that one. Um, the next one was Lionel Simmons tendonitis from the Game Boy. That is true. You also got that one right. Oh, yeah. I know it. Um, the next one, uh, Rick Adelman for the Kansas City Kings, the eye infection. You said that was true. That was false. And I'll tell you why after the next one. Um, Bob McAdoo missed the game because of crickets in his hotel room up all night and he was exhausted. That was also false. And you said true. The reason they're both false is because, again, those both happened to a baseball player, the same baseball player in 1974 named Jose Cardinal. What? Didn't. It was not a baseball player who just like dislocated his shoulder taking off his shirt violently like last week. There, when I was looking, uh, oh, last week. Oh, I don't know. I didn't yeah. see that. Oh yeah, I think that happened. I think that just happened. But the um, as I was looking these up, like a lot of the lists were like weirdest any sports injuries. I would say I say baseball has by far the most of these like freak little injuries of like spraining your thumb, giving somebody a high five, or like the like dumb little things. Um, okay. Are you looking that up or you want me to move on to the next one? I, um, our fact checker was looking it up for me and yes, um, Cleveland starter, Zach Plezak, um, dislocated, broke his thumb when he violently took off his shirt in the locker room. Wow. Yeah. Baseball players get, get injured so easily, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the next one was um, Tim, Tim Duncan out for being old. I believe you said true on that. I said true. And it is true. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the, what, What's the backstory of that one? It's, it's his coach, Pop, is he's, a, he's like a fun, grumpy old man um, mm-hmm. who likes to, you know, play jokes on the media. So he was, you know, I'm sure he had a sore or whatever, but he was listed as out for being old, uh, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, okay, the next one, 1993, Chris Webber. You said that that was false, and you are correct because that did happen, but to baseball player Ricky Henderson instead of Chris mm-hmm. Webber. Mm-hmm. Had to get Chris Webber in there. Um, next one, Rondo uh, being out for his birthday. That is true. You said true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one was Samuel D'Alembert missing two different games for oversleeping. That was true. You said true. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was J.R. Smith, Mardi Gras. That was fake. You said true. And I <gasps> completely made it up. Didn't happen Stop. to anybody else. The one you thing. You actually have those storytelling skills. Yeah. And I just accused you of not having them for that exact story. I guess I do. Hmm. Would you look wow. at that? Um, so, yeah. So, that was your last wrong one. And then the last two were Derek Anderson, too fake. You said true. And that did happen. And the missing passport, that also did happen. Mm-hmm. You were correct on that. So eight. Not too, not too shabby. Eight out of 11. Good job. You sure know your freak injuries. Good job. <laughs>
So that's it for episode 23. Send in questions, comments, movie thoughts, and guest suggestions to familycourtvision at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @famcourtvision, And don't forget to subscribe or follow on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week on Family Court Vision. The mother of all basketball podcasts. <laughs>